Welcome. Welcome to Know Your Roles, the podcast where every week we find unexpected connections across all your favorite mixed media from film, television, music, literature, sports, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Kleinman, and this is my co-host, Mr. George Peyton Gordon III. Thank you, Dave. George, tell us what we got going on today. Dave, it's very rare that we get to do a show with just uh, you and I and producer Mary Best. So we've got a bunch of stuff that we got to get into. We've got an extra thing on tap for Bar Talk. And we got a pretty sweet game that we're playing. We're playing Sidekicks and Side Items, which I had a lot of fun writing out. But before we get into all that, Dave, how are you? Well, thank you for asking, George. <laughs> um, I, I'm all right. You know, hanging in there. We uh, we helped Sam, my uh, sister-in-law, who you also know. Uh, we helped her move this week. So that today's her birthday. Today is her birthday. Shout out to Sammy H. Yes. Shout out to Sam. Happy birthday. Although by the time this will be airing, it will have been have been a couple of days. It's a thought that counts. As long as you tell us like, hey, listen, on Friday I have a podcast in which we shout you out on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Two days later. Uh, George, she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> and that's fine. I'm gonna text her and be like, listen, today's your birthday. And on Friday. I'm going to need for you to listen to this podcast for the first four minutes because I shout you out for your birthday. Nice. Um, yeah, it was her birthday. We got together with them. We had like a nice meal in the garage, which is fun. Uh, and we have to move. So, yeah, that was uh, was my week, basically. But, uh, George, what's going on with you? What have you been up to? I'm good, man. I, I found a cassette player on the street the other day. I saw you post about this. And uh, not only does it work, it works like uh, it looks brand new. There's some stupid stickers on it, which I peeled off. So like Saturday, I mean, I couldn't wait. I was like, I got to get a store to find out. This, this, this thing works. Went and bought some cables and bought some cassette tapes. And it totally works, which is fun because now in my apartment, I'll get a little baked and I'll put on like Rick Springfield and do that whole scene from Boogie Nights. Rick Springfield, personal friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm throwing firecrackers in the, uh, in the in my house with Alfred Molina, who's like, oh my god, that oh yeah, yeah that's like one of the best. Seasons. Ray Hot Jackson, Motorin. <laughs> that's not Rick Springfield, but yeah, yeah, Night Ranger. I didn't find a Night Ranger tape. Oh man, but I did find I did find a Rick Springfield. It's the Rick Springfield greatest hits, and of course, the very first song is Jesse's Girl. So everyone and put it, and it was like Rick. And I made a video of myself going, Rick Springfield, personal friend of mine. So I'm pretty excited about this cassette player. Brand, it looks brand new. Very excited for, <laughs> for a number of reasons. But one, first of all, I'll ask you, there's there's this thing that I think is hysterical, which is it's usually like older dudes who have this thing of like any form of uh, antiquated, outdated media. They're like, oh, that's the best. You know what I mean? Or that sounds, and I do it too, totally. But my question for you is, do they sound good? Like, how do they sound? They sound it sounds incredible. All right. <laughs> because like some people say that shit about CDs. I have no nostalgia for CDs. I don't think they sound good, but but I just think it's funny. So uh yeah, but the other reason why it's exciting uh to me is because I also like outdated technology and especially I don't even have a tape player, but I have and I'm a I'm I'm a pack rat in some some respects. So I have some cassette tapes here from childhood that I can offer you right now, actually. Uh, give me one. Nice. I need some more cassette tapes. The uh, my the ones that I have right now are Rick Springfield, Greatest Hits, No Jacket Required by Phil Collins, which is incredible, by the way. There's a bunch of great Phil Collins songs on that. And then like 
a Donovan tape. Okay. And I bought some REN tapes. They're coming in the mail. Awesome. <laughs> I only have a few. I've only saved a few, but I got some good shit in here, man. You got uh, Tina Turner, Private Dancer. Save that for me. March 25th, the Tina Turner documentary comes out on HBO. Shout out. <laughs> what else you got? Way to make that uh, way, way to make that relevant, George. Absolutely. Um, Rolling Stones, Some Girls. Great record. I like that record. I do too. That's got Wild Horses. My man Jim Dickinson plays piano on that record. All right, what you got? You got some good shit. Dude, I got, you don't even know. You don't even fucking know, bro. Uh, okay. This is like those I believe came from my parents, but like this is here. This is my childhood collection here. Fucking Outcast, AT Aliens. Oh, nice. AT Aliens, right, like right. Cassette tape. This is good uh, tapes I got there. Tribe Call Quest. I got uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, I think. I've oh, got nice. EPMD back in business. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I had that as a t shirt. I'm going to stop in a second. But uh, of course, the double cassette. Wu Tang forever. <laughs> I like the fact that that was still a double cassette. <laughs> I know. And a double CD and a quadruple LP. I actually tried to, I was looking for that on LP the other day. I was like, they want how much for this? It's like $90. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to make a trip over to your apartment uh, and drop some of these off for you. Bring all the tapes and tapes. Shout out. Randy Newman. Balloon. You got Randy Newman? Which one? Trouble in Paradise, bro. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were gonna say uh sail away. And I was like, oh, I have that, I have that record. I have it on vinyl too. That record's so good. People who know me, yo, that's one of my favorite records of all time. <laughs> it's incredible. Apparently, like Brian Wilson, that was like his favorite record when he was in an insane asylum. <laughs> oh, Honestly, like makes me like that record even more. <laughs> he said it was felt he was like, if you found a record to be very soothing. He's like, I'm, I'm going crazy, but I like this Randy Newman guy. He's pretty good. It's a beautiful record, man. It's incredible. It's great, man. It's a great writing. Dude, God's song. Doesn't it open with that, that the song about Cleveland? Yeah. Uh, Burn on? Yeah. Do, on the Cuyahoga River. Do, 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 do. Burn on. Big, Big river. river. <laughs> Burn, Burn on. on. Oh, my God. Randy Newman. <laughs> That's so, that song, he rules. He's the shit. Yeah, he's he's. He's, he's the best. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to have to drop these tapes. For our listeners, tweet at us. If you've got cassettes at home that you want to shout out, that you love, any any kind of old cassettes or old LPs, tweet to us. KYR pod on Twitter. KYR pod on Instagram. Send us your stuff. Yes. I know there are some other people out there who are a nut like me and have saved cassette tapes that they don't play. <laughs> please, please, somebody... Yeah. send them on i've got like a cassette player that looks brand new it's amazing how well it works like i said you posted about it on instagram or whatever and like i got excited <laughs> i was like oh shit <laughs> yes i need some more tapes i'm excited about my rem tapes coming in rem very underrated as far as i'm concerned or maybe they're rated just right i don't know personal friend of mine <laughs> nice not really that's a joke uh that's a joke i'm gonna cut that out um but uh he is a very peter buck you're big friends with peter uh, buck no uh mike uh mike what's the, uh, what's the other guy's I'm name <laughs> mike mills, mike mills. <laughs> <laughs> <President> mike mills. <laughs> no uh i'm gonna cut this out uh, <laughs> i love mike mills he wrote the song don't go back to rockville the other the third guy the the lesser known guy he is a very nice guy i will say that bill berry yeah exactly uh anyway burtis downs their lawyer i know my shit dude <laughs>
<laughs> as, as much as we could do, we could name like everyone ever associated with REM and also talk about cassette tapes forever. What do you say? Uh, why don't we open the bar? Absolutely. So y'all, here's what we got on tap. Tanahashi Coates has been announced as a new writer of Superman here. Dave and I talk a little bit about that. The Golden Globes. Do we need them? Do we not? Dave and I like trying to, to, to weed through the knots of the Golden Globes. They happened. Yeah, it happened. Whether we need them or not. Thirdly, we got some really cool news in the world of documentaries. And Questlove is doing a going to be directing a documentary about Sly and the Family Stone, which we're super stoked about. And finally, Dave and I are going to get into restaurants and bars and movie theaters reopening. So that's what's on tap today. First, we messaged a little bit about this, but uh, I want to get your thoughts on our first thing on tap. And as Ta-Nehisi Coates is penning the new Superman. I know you're not a superhero fan of those movies, but what do you think of him being the next writer of the new uh, the new Superman? I think it's incredible. It's the first time I've been excited about Superman since I was probably 12. I think, you know, he he they're already talking about the potential to be a black Superman, which is incredible. Coates, he has uh, the pedigree for this already. He's been, not only is he like a huge comic fan, um, but he's been, he you know, he wrote some issues of Black Panther uh, and he's been like doing a lot of narrative work. He has a book. I actually haven't, haven't read it yet, but it's in my pile. His, uh, his novel that he wrote, uh, The Water Dancer. But he's, he's incredible. He's, he's just one of our great writers and, and thinkers. And like, if I could think of anything that needs a fret, anything that would need more of a fresh take, I mean, it's Superman, right? And superhero movies in general. So the fact that he is like writing it, that's that's very exciting. What were your initial thoughts? And uh, I'm sure you share some of that. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, like I, I I'm not a fan of uh, Superman uh, as a story. I've always found that it's like the fact that like nobody can beat him. And I've always like Lex Luthor more anyway i just thought that was it's gene hackman for god's sakes i love gene hackman any superhero stories where it's like one person who has magic powers and they do everything to save every i'm not i'm not here for that shit like i'm not i'm not in for that superhero movies have i've got a little bit higher approval rating than you do i they're they're events and i so like if, no matter with whatever it is i'm probably gonna watch it anyway like, uh, i find it to be at least somewhat entertaining but i i do like the fact that because there is no like past text about Superman of like and Superman being different than what we have. It's gonna it'd be kind of neat to see somebody just sort of set us on a seer. And the fact that we lost Chadwick Boseman, uh, who played Black Panther in the movie, and uh apparently the actor who played um Cyborg in the the Josh Whedon movies is Josh Whedon has had some things that have been said about him. There's been some questionable like behavior with Josh Whedon. That actor, I think his name is Ray Fisher, was like, fuck that guy. So and he's this and it's got either let go or fired from whatever we don't have a lot of like uh many black superhero characters in movies and films so or movies and tv so it'd be nice to sort of see another thing being represented so i'm excited about him just doing that in general so i i, I wish him the best of luck it's gonna be a lot of fun i was reading uh ryan coogler talk because he's uh the producer on it mm -hmm. and uh i was reading uh him talk about it and you know they were talking about black, black panther and, and about the need for it and i don't know if you know this but uh you probably do but they're not recasting that role of t'challa yeah they're not because like it is chadwick boseman to them mm -hmm. and uh, i think that that's just really cool and 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 speaks to to what you were saying of us that we need more i mean 
let's just say like we need more black superheroes yeah we need more fucking black superheroes like you know period so awesome george uh let's let's move it along all right so the next thing I guess we'll talk about is uh, award season. The Golden Globes just happened uh, just the other day. Oscar nominations are coming out. You know, that's that's a thing that happens. Uh, me and George, I think both, you know, we pay attention kind of at a, at a distance maybe. But uh, George, any anything you uh, saw or were interested in? Not really. The Golden Globes, for me, from what I've gathered, they seem like the... The sort of like, I don't know, the the JV squad or the freshman squad of the award season or award ceremonies. And I and from what I've gathered, like the, what made the Golden Globes interesting was the fact that like he had all these people in the room who hadn't eaten anything, getting drunk. And that's the only part that's supposed to be entertaining. And the fact that you can't do that, I'm like, why? It's kind of like pro wrestling. It's like if you don't have the audience there, then how much fun could this possibly be? So uh, I was looking through the awards just a, a bit ago who won it. And I was like, I realized that I, I've only seen like maybe one thing. The crown is way on my list. And so is uh, uh, the Queen's Gambit. I haven't gotten to it yet. But uh, aside from like maybe two things, I didn't see anything that if it was that had been nominated. And one of the things I found out was uh, apparently like the, uh, the the Roseman Pike movie. Didn't that just come out? Yeah, it came out like a week ago. <laughs> it also got nominated. Yeah. What a joke. <laughs> we should win the best podcast of the year award that was nominated last week. <laughs> best uh, best podcast of 2018. And we started 2020. Uh, yeah, it's stupid. It's it's all it's all silly. You know, uh, your point. You're you're absolutely right. And that's why it's usually fun is because everyone is drunk. They let them drink. They serve them during it. The Oscars is like much more buttoned up and, you know, they, they're a lot looser. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. I thought that I did watch a little bit of it. I usually don't, but I did just because, you know, we we're going to talk about it. So I, I figured I'd watch a little bit. I did think that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler had a couple of funny bits. I liked that they had a send up of the Hollywood foreign press, which is one of the reasons why, I mean, first it's kind of, we've talked about this before, but like, I always feel it's so silly to even categorize film or art in like in a quantitative uh, competition type way. Like you can't say that like one piece of art is like better. You know what I mean? It's all subjective. Like it's, it's such a, and, and the golden globes are like the worst example of that because their categories make no sense. Uh, like shit's Creek. And small acts, people in both of those projects are like nominated for the same award. And it's like, how do you, rec it makes no sense. But what I was going to say is I thought Tina Fey, they did a great job of calling out the Hollywood foreign press. Like there's a reason why it's ridiculous. And there's a reason why the certain things get nominated and the certain things uh, win. And when you learn who the for Hollywood foreign press is, it all makes sense. You know, the it's all a bunch of old white guys. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And that's like a lot of these entities. And it, it kind of like made me think of different things and especially things we have talked about where like, it was like a blue pill, red pill situation of once I learned how the things were formed or who, who comprised them, I was like, Oh, it makes sense. And Hollywood foreign press one, uh, the NBA referees, like especially of the, the Tim Donaghy era, once you learn and shout out to Whistleblower, which a podcast I've mentioned a million times, um, uh, once you learn that like all the refs grew up together and they all knew each other and they're all from the same town in the Northeast and, the, and half of them have ties to organized crime members in the Northeast, it's like, oh, no wonder it's good. It's, it's all corrupt. You know what I mean? And that was true like 20 years ago. But I just think, so I, I, I appreciated Polar and Faye. And I think that, you know, that that's 
that's always the kind of guys I, I look at them. But but uh, that being said, it was there were there are always some good speeches. Daniel Kaluuya, I don't know if you saw his speech, George. Did you? Mm-mm. He was great. So he won for supporting for for Fred Hampton for Jesus and Black Messiah, and he you know it's all on Zoom, and so he he was on, he was either on mute himself or like they had him on, it was, something was fucked up and you couldn't hear him and he was speaking and like he just kept speaking as like he was giving his speech and they the the award shit like the the director was like well that you know i'm sure he made a great speech or whatever and like moved on and then his audio came in and he was like yo 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 he was like y'all did me dirty <laughs> um and it's awesome also big night for accents a lot of great british accents the crown was a big winner from what I, I'm hoping they're all British. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> well, but everybody in the movies, like the first three things, like John Boyega and, uh, and Daniel Kaluuya, they were British dudes playing Americans. <laughs> like, and, and you just hear their accents. It's great. And Rosamund Pike as well. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it was, it was entertaining enough. You know, I think we'll see. I'm, I'm gl- I was glad to see uh, Nomadland get uh get some love hope and chloe zhao hopefully uh she'll she'll get some in uh for the oscars as well but the only take that i have from the golden globes is jason sudeikis's mustache was was pretty tight i was gonna say like it's also <laughs> been it's yeah it's it's a good year it's been a good year for mustaches <laughs> yeah i know it's like that's that's some tremendous lettuce you got there Sudeikis. Yeah. and the don Cheadle. shout out to kansas that you saw that right don Cheadle was like nah man <laughs> so they don Cheadle was nominated yeah i don't but uh so don Cheadle was nominated for the same category that sudeikis won and like in the middle of jason sudeikis speech which was like kind of meandering to begin with uh don Cheadle was like wrap it up <laughs> he was giving them the the circle motion <laughs> and everybody thought it was hysterical like he was joking you know but yeah uh, that's that's it we we don't need to uh we probably don't really need to discuss the uh the golden globes anymore is there any anything else you want to want to say about it no i mean like like i said is like i guess i do want to watch the crown <laughs> and apparently i can start on season four so i there i know they won a, a few awards they i guess they swept i do want to watch the crown and I do want to watch Queen's Gambit. Producer Mary Best. Um, so I just wanted to give give a take on that, uh, guys. I, I totally am with you on everything. And I watched a, a good bit of it. Um, I do want to shout out um, the incredible Jane Fonda. I don't know if either of you saw her speech or heard about it. But um, yeah, it was incredible. Her receiving the Cecil B. DeMille Award and giving this incredible speech. As someone who has been an advocate and an activist her entire career and has made incredible waves um, and has always, at least to my understanding of her career, has always spoken up um, against wrongdoing, has always spoken up for people who don't have a voice. Um, I gave a really incredible speech. So for our listeners who haven't heard it, I recommend very highly looking it up and just checking in on Jane Fonda and seeing, seeing what she's up to. It's, it seems like she's doing a lot of good work. So that was the, the highlight for me personally. Thanks guys. A hundred percent. I'm glad you said that Mary best because I actually had that on my card and didn't get to it, but yeah, she's, that speech is incredible. They gave her a nice, like uh montage of, of a lot of her work, uh, not only, you know, her acting, but, but also her activism and, and she is incredible and she's still doing it. And yeah, she's a badass. So definitely celebrate Jane Fonda all here for that. Was there, was there any, any like workout video shout outs? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think come on. So. That's a part of the story. <laughs> there might have been. Well, I think 
I, and I, and I would have to look into this to confirm it, but, um, as I understand it, she started the, the workout videos to pay for, uh, a, a charitable endeavor of hers. Um, and perhaps I, some, one of you can speak further to it and, and I'll look it up later myself, but that is my understanding, which was a new thing uh, that I learned recently because I thought, oh, well, this was just an endeavor that <laughs> she decided to take on. But apparently it was something that went to fuel her activism and the, uh, the charitable avenue that she took as someone with a voice and someone with, with a platform. So that makes me just love her even more. <laughs> Absolutely. Jane Fonda is a real one. Yeah. That's couldn't have said it better. She's a real one for sure. George, what do you got next on tap? On tap. Let's, uh, let's, let's move in. Cause I want to say this one thing for last. It's like, let's move into Questlove is going to be directing the Sly and the family stone. Is it biopic or just documentary? It's a documentary. Uh, it's a documentary. So Dave, it's like, I know you have some thoughts because I know you're a Sly fan. What do you think? I mean, I'm breathing, right? <laughs> I got ears. Um, yeah, Sly, of course. Well, it's really cool. You know, uh, he, Questlove directed his first film that premiered at Sundance just like a month ago and uh, was like a huge hit. And it was a huge critical success. And it's called Summer of Soul. And it's about... Uh, it's about black Woodstock basically, which is what it was called, which was a concert in Harlem in 1969. And like, it was a concert, but it was like, you know, a, a whole festival type atmosphere. And there were comedians like people like moms, Mabley and BB King, Stevie wonder and sly, uh, sly as well. And like that, doc, that doc, as far as I understand, I haven't seen it. It's not available yet, but uh, it's supposed to be really great. And it's like, you know, really uh, sets the tone as far as what that festival was and, and what that concert was. And yeah, and he off of that, he got tabbed to direct a documentary about Sly. And uh, like, he's a, he's a fascinating character. Not only is he an amazing musician, but he's fascinating. So yeah, I think that's really interesting and exciting. Yeah, no, I'm super, super excited that uh, that Questlove is doing it. I feel like he would be the perfect person to do it. Oddly enough, my my Questlove story is I used to work at a post-production house. Uh, shout out to Edgeworks about 11, 12, 13 years ago, somewhere around that. And uh, we were working on a documentary for uh, Soul Train. And um, Questlove came by the office every day to sort of look at the footage and like do a little voiceover and kind of like see what, what they were working on. And the reason why he was brought in was because Questlove has a unique distinction of having having every episode on Soul Train on VHS tape, <laughs> which is which is crazy. <laughs> I knew this about him because I have his book. Yeah, he it is crazy. He's like such a fan. You know, he's such a nerd, and and that's why like uh, he will he will be great. Uh, two really quick things that I that you you reminded me of with that Questlove story. One is Questlove is one of the people who I've seen him like a bunch, like in New York city, like around, you know, and he's one of the people that I've never hesitated to be like, yo quest, what's up? <laughs> or like, yo, I love you. And, and uh, every single time he'll acknowledge it every single time. He's like, thanks man. Peace. Uh, and like, that's, you know, that's everything. But also on that note, I served Tanahasi Coates uh, once. He was great. He was sitting at a table with his wife and another couple. And I was bartending and I was like the only person in the restaurant that, that uh, recognized him. And I was like, oh man, he's a hero. We got to do something. So I told the server to put one of their rounds on me 
and like I didn't go up to you know because I'm not I don't I don't sweat people that's not that's not my style so I just sent it to the I just like we took it off their bill and didn't expect anything and he came up to he he came to thank me like when they were leaving and was like you know I just want to say like thank you so much blah blah, blah. and I was like dude thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> so yeah he's uh he's cool he's a cool guy so that you should uh should support him continue to support him <laughs> uh anyway George what else uh what else we got on on tap here well, Dave, I, I say this one for last, the last thing that we have on tap, of course, because this affects uh, my life and your life as well. And that's uh, restaurant and bars are going to be opening up or at least attempting to. I think the last week in February was like maybe the first day, which was 25%. But at some point, they're going to make their way to 35%. And I know you're not working now, but uh, how do you feel about restaurant and bars opening up? And that's is that something that you would do like that uh, has gone up to 35% or will be going up to 35%? Um. You know, so this is a very complicated subject, obviously. The first thing I would say is that myself included, I think that like a lot of us are feeling uh, a lot of fatigue, a lot of accumulated trauma from the pandemic and, and the last year. And there's definitely a big part of me that really misses restaurants and, and like just the life in general. And and not only like, I would love to also just go out and eat in a restaurant and like have that atmosphere, but I haven't worked in a year and uh, to work at a restaurant and that community, uh, I genuinely miss that. I genuinely, genuinely miss that. And I, I do want that to return, uh, you know, as much as it can. But at the same time, I do think that I believe a lot of the reason we are in the situation we are in, in this country and, and in this city and state is because of the reopenings because we constantly reopen stuff and we haven't learned our lesson and you know there's so much misinformation like i'm at the point now where like i don't know we're not we don't we're not planning on going like like i'm still not good with like indoor dining like working or or uh or going to it's certainly not before i'm vaccinated which i'm not right now and you know i i have to like go through that process if i do want to if i do want to potentially go back to work which is something i'm you know thinking about but yeah but it seems like regardless of all that like they just they continue to plow through uh not only restaurants but we've seen movie theaters are going to be opening up uh weddings to 100 which you know i'm engaged we got engaged in 2019 with the idea that we were going to be getting married like right around now and uh we would be celebrating with all of our friends and that would be great and as much as i would love to do that tomorrow like it's just not safe you know and we value those people's who would be coming to our wedding we value those people's lives you know um so like it's it's like one of those things that like i want to be like you know and we 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 go we go out a little like we don't really sit in places but we we're, we're trying to get takeout and we're trying to support and and you know cuz they need it but it sucks that like we have to do that it doesn't have, it didn't have, you know, we could have just shut down. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I want to stop uh, talking, but uh, George, what, like, what are you, what, how are you feeling? I mean, cause you're working. Well, I like to think that like uh, the, the people who I work for, who I've known for nine years have my best, let's just say there's like a, and I know several of them listen to this. I see these people more than I see my own family. So in essence, they are more like family and, and like, and because they are my family, I trust them that they'll they'll make the right decision on how we should proceed. So I'm putting my 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 faith in their hands and like and I and I and the the stuff that we've talked about I've been okay with. So for me, like I I don't mind it. It's one of those things. But like I I just wonder how 
how much people are going to want to do that to begin with anyway. Like, uh, like yeah. uh, I am a, in a bowling league and the fact that this opened up to be bowling and the way they do it, I find it to be pretty safe. Not everybody's a, uh, agrees with it. They're like, I, I can't believe they're because bowling allies would be thinking about it kind of, kind of gross, but the way they do it is uh, they, they keep everybody safe as masked up and like the lanes are socially distanced. And there's like uh, they clean every lane after every bowler is finished every time someone bowls and they take her temperature. And so they did enough to, to, that I was okay with how they, how they proceed. So, for me, I was trying to think of today what the, the best analogy for it to be. And we can cut this, but I was going to try to give this a go. was like there was this guy I went to high school with. His name was Gerald Bird. Shout out. Gerald Bird was like a complete crazy kid. Got in trouble a lot. And uh, everybody was like, Gerald Bird, is, this guy's a maniac. What's crazy was the fact that, that Gerald's mom was the assistant principal of the school that we went to. So in essence, it gave us carte blanche to be just as bad as Gerald because how could we not... <laughs> It's like, why would we want to pay attention to you? You can't even control your own son. And I feel the same way. It was like, it'd be weird for me to be like a guy who loves bowling and goes bowling and is in a bowling league to be like, yeah, I'm okay with doing that, but I'm not okay with these other things. So again, that probably needs a little bit of workshop. And that's the thing, best thing I can come up with is like, that like the fact that I'm okay with this, then I probably would be okay with these other things. Sure. I don't know about <laughs> movies. Movies seems kind of weird. But opening up a restaurant to a certain extent, I'm actually kind of okay with. Yeah, well, I think there's certainly a comfort level. And I, I do want to say uh, the places that I was and am employed by, I totally trust management and ownership to do everything they have to do to keep people safe. But I don't trust city, state, or federal government to keep us safe. And I don't think I have to like give reasons why <laughs> to anyone listening, but I don't, I don't trust, you know, and so like, and like comfort, like, it's also like, it's not, uh, I don't believe that things like can't be safe. Things can be made safe to your point. Like certain places are doing things a lot better than others. I mean, you know, I was talking about our wedding and like our initial plan, we're lucky that we didn't actually put it. We had, we were just at the point where we were going to start putting down payments on things. Um, so we were lucky that we didn't have to deal with any of that, but we were going to have it in bowling alley. <laughs> we were going to have a wedding with food trucks and in a bowling alley is going to be super awesome. And all of our friends, and it was going to be a big ass party. And it it's, I want that so bad, but at the same time, like I'm living in the world, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, you have to make choices and stuff. I'll say really quickly, just to throw in, um, I just want to acknowledge just from listening to you guys and knowing you guys and the conversations we've had, I think it's okay for us to feel conflicted. I think it's okay for us to want to be, um, want to be flexible and you know put trust in our communities and put trust in our employers and our our work family to to help us you know do things safely and to work safely and to feel protected. But I think it's also okay to to question everything and to make sure that you know we are doing everything we can, especially you know folks working in you know comedy venue bar restaurant industries uh to both put faith in our communities but also challenge our governments and our officials and challenge the structures that are supposed to keep us safe because as we've seen particularly over the last four years uh, that we can't always trust that and that there are lots of problems to address so i just want to acknowledge that i think we contain multitudes <laughs> as i have said before uh credit that to the great Alok Vedman. We contain multitudes and we get to feel all the things at the same time. So I just want to throw that, throw that to you, 
appreciate those those feelings. A hundred percent. I thank you for saying that. I just do want to say like a, a, another quick thing of like, I definitely am very, very conflicted about it. But I also think that there's a couple of points I just want to make. One is that like, there's a, I had said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things like in the media where they're telling us like things are safe, things are that. But if you are like plugged into like what's happening on the ground and the people that are actually like going and performing those businesses and tasks, like it's not, you know, like schools are one of them. Like they constantly tell us schools are safe, but we, Hillary and I know for a fact for firsthand experience, because we, she is an educator and we have many educators in our, our circle and family that they have been, it, COVID is passing through schools. It is passing and they shut down classrooms and they shut down schools and it doesn't get publicized. And, you know, so like my thing too, is that no, everybody has their own, um, everybody has their own comfort level as far as what they want to do. And I think that that is, and what they're comfortable with. And I think that as long as you are taking precautions uh, for everyone else's safety, like, you know, wearing a mask, social distancing, like it's okay to do things. But I, but I think that, you know, to go bowling or to go out to a restaurant or whatever. And I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't judge people for doing that. And also like we were saying, the industry as a whole, whether it's right or not, like they need that support. We like the industry needs it. But, you know, the equitable solution, the, the, the actual solution that we should have done is like the country should have been shut down and we should have been paid. We should have all been being paid to stay home. And like other countries did that. That's not like a crazy radical idea. Countries did it and they had success and they had some, I mean, as much as you can control this, they have you know, mitigated a lot of the, of the damage. And, you know, so like I, for me, the argument always starts there and that's part, it, it ties into why I I'm not working, you know, because like I, to me, it's not worth it to like risk my family and like those who interact with me, uh, for like serving beers and stuff, you know? Um, but I, at the same time, I'm like, I want all those places, especially the places that I have worked at and the places that I go to, to survive and to thrive. And, you know, we're, we're all in such this, uh, this, con this conflicted place, but yeah, I just wanted to say that I just wanted to say, you know, like, I think it's important to remember like the, the top of the pyramid, so, so to speak. Um, but yeah, we can, uh, we can move on now. <laughs> That's uh, that's my two cents. I guess before we wrap this up, my my one question for uh, the bowling alley, Hillary and Dave wedding: Do I have to wear a suit, and can I bring my own ball and shoes? That's two questions. But like, and that's just like it's an entire question. If 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 well, if we're living in the COVID time, you're definitely bringing your own fucking ball and shoes. <laughs> bring my own ball. Okay, I can bring my own ball. Cool. But uh, you could wear whatever the fuck you want. Can I talk trash to your your future in laws while I bowl? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't like they're we're all family. You know what I mean? We're all family. It's like you want some of this? Can you imagine if I just came in hot? It was like whoa, <laughs> <laughs> somebody's really into bowling. But you can wear whatever you want. But if you look like a slob in pictures, that's on you, <laughs> not on us. Like, and and we will probably talk shit about you. Like, but you can wear whatever you want. Cause there's always that guy. There's always that one fucking guy who's wearing shorts and shit at a wedding. And I'm like, what are you doing? But the reason why we're, we would have it at a bowling alley is because we don't believe in that anyway. So yeah, go ahead. Wear, awesome. wear a t-shirt, wear what you're wearing right now. <laughs> that's perfect. There's, there's always that one guy at a slob wedding. My, there is a dude. There's always the one guy who wears the tie over the polo shirt. 
Like, <laughs> dude. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. You're not fooling anybody. The tie with the polo shirt. That's that's a that's a bold move. But well, Dave, I think that's a good place to stop there. That'll that'll do it for bar talk. Uh, I think we're all tapped out. <laughs> we definitely are kicked um, on uh, this topic, but you know, I'm sure it's something we'll probably discuss in the future. And you know, it's got nuance, and like we'll 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 continue to to to, to monitor it just because it's like, it's a part of our a part of our lives. So, and everything is fluid, oh. you know, including like the state of the virus too. So, like you know, it, it, just because things are a certain way, one you know, it, it it moves and changes. So we just all have to be operating under that that guys but yeah so that's uh the bar and uh we're gonna move it along we're gonna go to our game today and we're doing our comparison thing we're back at it we're gonna be comparing side dishes to sidekicks and uh yeah i'm excited about this i used a lot of different like sidekicks from different uh areas and, and walks of life and entertainment and shit. So uh yeah, I think it should be fun. George, why don't you get us started? All right, Dave. Uh I'm gonna start with something that I love a lot. So we're gonna do side dishes first, two sidekicks. So my first side dish is breakfast potatoes. Uh I love breakfast potatoes. They go amazingly well with uh with an egg sandwich. Little bacon, some cheese on a roll, or maybe like toast. I enjoy all that. The thing about breakfast potatoes, though, and here's the thing: you don't necessarily need them. It's like, what if you work in an office? You get your breakfast sandwich. You definitely don't need. And you're like, you know what? I maybe maybe I shouldn't get the breakfast potatoes because I have a meeting at one o'clock, and I don't want to be falling asleep during the meeting. And I think the breakfast sandwich by itself will hold you over till lunch and maybe you'll have like a late lunch two o'clock whatever and maybe have like a late meeting i'm just thinking about your day-to-day life and you definitely don't need the breakfast potatoes that is why my sidekick comparison to breakfast potatoes is mike fluff cowan now for those of you who don't know who mike fluff cowan is fluff is the first caddy for tiger woods from 97 to 99 again in that time, it was like uh, Tiger Woods won a, won a major. He won the Masters, but they only won one major together. Tiger Woods went on to win 15 more majors after that, which means that breakfast potatoes wasn't needed. <laughs> Mike Fluff Cowan, as much as I like you, you weren't really needed. He's still a cat today, but I'm just saying, in the Tiger Woods world, Mike Fluff Cowan is the breakfast potatoes of side dishes. Uh, that's hysterical oh dude they're about to get out of control <laughs> breakfast potatoes definitely aren't necessary but i love them not nuts love potato love breakfast potatoes but i got a i got a solution for you though i love it like when you get like a breakfast burrito or like breakfast tacos with potatoes in them <laughs> so yeah then you could wrap the sandwich all up in one perfect also hillary loves like putting a, a whole like hash brown on a breakfast sandwich an egg sandwich Shit's incredible. So now we're now we're talking. Now we're talking. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna go. My first uh, side dish, side dishes that I'm gonna talk about is actually a trio of side dishes. And now this is a trio of side dishes that you get at a specific place when you order a specific thing. And now I am talking about, of course, sides that you get at a diner when you order a club sandwich and those are going to be <laughs> french fries coleslaw and a dill pickle uh i had to say that in my most 
most Chicago accent as possible. Nice, nice. Dill Pickle. A plus work. And uh, none of them kind of outshine the others. Like you have better versions of all of these things at different places potentially. Um, and like they can be definitely like good, good versus bad. But like the those club sandwich diner side, like, like I said, you go to the diner to get them. They go with the sandwich. None of them outshine the other, but they totally add to the meal. You get the triple decker club sandwich. It's a whole thing. You know, It's probably the only meal you have to eat the whole day. <laughs> um, and... Like I said, it's a vibe. You know, the diner is a vibe. The club sandwich is a vibe. And the sides are a vibe. And that is why, as a sidekick, they're also a trio of sidekicks. And that is going to be, I want to read their names, Richard Langley, Melvin Frohickey, and John Fitzgerald, which are, of course, the lone gunman from the X-Files. The lone gunman, the three nerdy dudes, they went to for like the investigative shit, like the alien shit. And those guys, like the reason they're dinosides too is because they're a vibe, like they're only in certain episodes and they're usually in the episodes that are like the conspiracy episodes, which like, in my opinion, those are like the best episodes of the X-Files. <laughs> if the X-Files was on today and it, I mean, I know they're rebooting it, but if the original was on and it was only like 10 to 12 episodes a season and like at least half of them were like the conspiracy episodes, it the way that we look at the X-Files would be probably a lot higher because they just have a lot of filler, you know, in a 22 episode season. But, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're the lone gunman are uh, dill pickle, coleslaw and french fries at a diner with the club sandwich that is uh, the x-files so uh, yeah, nice George. all right so i want you guys to follow me all the way through with this because this is going to be kind of bizarre uh the side dish that i have next is mashed potatoes and gravy now i want you guys to imagine the conversation that turkey is having with mashed potatoes and gravy turkey's like listen man i can't do this without you I need you to make this work. And mashed potatoes and gravy is looking at Turkey going, Turkey, I got you. I'm riding with you. You're my, you're my guy. Whatever you need, I can make it happen. Turkey looks at mashed potatoes again. He's like, thank you, man. You're the best. And mashed potatoes and gravy is looking at Turkey. He's like, hey, Turkey. In fact, you can even have some of this gravy to make your life a little bit better. So my cop for mashed potatoes and gravy is Al Cowlings, AC, I'm down with Dre, like AC is down with OJ. Because the conversation that I imagine <laughs> that OJ had with AC was like, hey man, listen, I just killed two people. Can you give me a ride to back to my house? And AC is like, what are you talking about? You just <laughs> killed two people. He's like, don't pay attention to that part. I just need a ride. And AC is like, all right, OJ, I'm down with you. Just like mashed potatoes and gravy is down with turkey. So you got him a ride to his house. So AC is the mashed potatoes and gravy of side items. I need like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of sorry to laugh at that, but like, oh my God, you just called. What the? Oh, okay. <laughs> mashed potatoes and gravy of side item of sidekicks. That's my guy. Leave it to George. Uh, P. Gordon the third to to tie anything to uh white bronco or uh anything OJ, man. anything OJ related. But that was before the that he took him to get the white bronco. 
No, right? no, no. Like, they both had white Broncos. But, but so like he took him to his house and then he went like, where was he going when we don't, we should. All right. So, so like, let me just like, I, I, I know my fair share about OJ Simpson stuff. So here's the thing. AC also had a Ford white Bronco. OJ's was impounded. So when they were at the, uh, um, the Kardashian house, Robert Kardashian house, he's like, yo, can you give me a ride back to, back to, to Brentwood? This is how I imagine having and AC was like, sure, man, you're my guy. I can give you a ride. How are we going to get there? It was like, oh, we're going to take the highway. It's not going to be that big a deal. Nobody's looking for us next thing you know. So AC mashed potatoes and gravy to OJ's turkey. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, dude, 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 dude. All of these are bizarre. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, my next one. I'm going with a side dish. You can do it a couple of different ways, but it's one of my favorite side dishes of all time. It's also, you can also eat it as like a snack, but it's not really a main meal. And that's a Mexican side dish. And it's going to be elotes, also known to gringos like myself as street corn. But you can also do it as esquites, which is like uh, essentially the same thing, but it's off the cob, you know, and mixed with like creamy mayo crema sauce oh my god so amazing i love those flavors corn on the cob is delicious you're gonna put chili and and sour cream and lime and cheese how could you not love that it's not like i said it's not really a whole meal but it is just a great great side dish and like if you have elotes with like a plate of tacos or like a torta or enchiladas that's a great fucking meal like you had a good day you know what I mean? So that's why as a sidekick, elotes or esquites is the one, the only fife dog, fife diggy dog. I mean, one of the best sidekicks of all time. One of the best uh, MC sidekicks for sure. And, you know, they had everything you would want. And as far as a back and forth, you know, uh, how they built off each other and what they both provided to you know, the, uh, him and Q-Tip to, to, to try. And also Ali Shaheed Muhammad, of course. Um, but, uh, he wasn't really like, he, you, you don't take him. He's better in the group. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you could take him out and like verse here, verse there. And I know he had a couple solo, he had some solo stuff and it's all right. But when he was in with tribe and the Q-Tip and, and Alicia, like, it's just perfect marriage, you know? So, uh, yeah, like I said, elotes and a plate of tacos, that sounds like fucking heaven to me. <laughs> I'll listen to some fucking uh, Tribe. Maybe uh, call back some uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life on cassette tape. There you go. Boom. George. There's an OJ line. There's a couple OJ references on that record. Oh, I'm sure there are. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> no, there is. It's like, uh, I'm getting off like OJ is a line in uh, one of the songs. Um, uh, Oof. Let's see. All right, so. I wowed y'all with my mashed potatoes and gravy. I'm going to bring it all back to another side item that I am a fan of. Now, in certain circles, in certain restaurants, and in certain committees, this side item is, could actually be an entree. And that's uh, red beans and rice. Red beans and rice is like, I don't need an entree. You just have more of me. The problem, though, is red beans and rice isn't fried chicken. And fried chicken is clearly the star. <laughs> fried chicken's looking at red beans and rice and like, hey man, I know you're great. I know you're good, but you're not, you're not me. So red beans and rice is the Sammy Davis Jr. of sidekicks. 
and fried chicken is Frank Sinatra. Frank is like, is like, I know you're talented. I know you're the man. I know you're great. But you ain't fried chicken. <laughs> fried chicken, Fred Sinatra, Red Beans and Rice, Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> you and I actually, uh, we've eaten red beans and rice together in New Orleans outside of Vaughn's. Absolutely. <laughs> where they just like give them out for free, you yep. know, which is a great fucking time. Um, awesome. That's great. All right. So my next one is, uh, it's another one that it's not really a whole meal, but it's so versatile and gets overlooked. And that is rice and rice as a side dish could be in any different types of cuisine in any different cuisine. You know, you can have Mexican red rice, you can have fried rice, you can have just sticky rice. And it's like a vessel for other things, you know, and it's like, it fulfills a purpose, but it, like I said, it also, sometimes if it's really special, it can be the star, um, you know, but, uh, but I wanted to compare it to something. And I thought about it. I've thought about characters from movies and performances in movies. And I wanted to compare it to a performance where you do, where it was doing a lot with a little. So like somebody who doesn't have that much dialogue or, or uh, that much in the movie, but like they're making a whole, uh, they, they're really making everything better and they're making, uh, you know, the, like I said, it's a situation where uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. And that is why as a sidekick, Rice is the character of Gare Grimsrud, which is, of course, played by Peter Stormare in the Coen Brothers Fargo where he is uh, the sidekick to the Steve Buscemi character, who's like, you know, the talk a lot, uh, annoying, obnoxious weirdo guy. And Peter Stormare, uh, Gary Grimsford is the the uh, strong, silent psychopath. <laughs> you know, and they have that great, uh, you know, I, I could have made a maple syrup or something because of that, uh, that great scene in the car where they're like, where is Pancake's house? I want to go to Pancake's house. Jimmy's <laughs> like, we just fucking ate pancakes. Like, I don't want pancakes. Pancakes again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, rice side, a side of rice is uh, Gare Grimswood. Gare Grimswood. I mean, the name alone. <laughs> uh, of course, played by the wonderful Peter Stormare in Fargo by the Coen Brothers, the movie, of course. Um, George, what is next on the table? All right, so my next side item is probably one of my favorite side items, considering how versatile it is and the fact that I eat it with everything, and that is baked beans. I have baked beans with my eggs, a little English-style eggs over medium side of bacon. I can't eat the whole jar, and so that's why I save it for the rest of the evening, in which I have baked beans with my dinner, which could be anything that I'm preparing, whether it's chicken or hamburger. I think baked beans are just just an important part of my, 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 my eating and my, of my, of my day. I was reminded of a movie that I enjoy very much. It's called steel Magnolias. There's a scene in steel Magnolias where Olympia Dukakis is loading up her shopping cart with beans. Sean McClain's character is like, you like beans? He's like, Oh, they're for drum, which is Tom Scarce character from steel Magnolias. He eats them with everything. Well said, Olympia Dukakis, because you can't eat baked beans with everything. So I try to think of something that I feel like is very, very versatile, like baked beans are. And my comp for baked beans is John Goodman, just in everything, because he can do comedy. He can do drama. He can star in a sitcom that I don't watch. But he's 
He can be used different ways. He's never going to be the star, but he's good as somebody who's accompanying the star. So John Goodman is the big beans of side items. If you told me who, as a human being, is like the personification <laughs> of baked beans, I, I might come. John Goodman is perfect. Is perfect. <laughs> He's the best. Awesome. All right. So my next one is I'm doing another trio of sides. All right. And now these ones aren't quite as specifics. I know Mary Best is calling me a cheater. <laughs> I am a cheater. I think if anyone who's listened to this podcast uh, before knows I'm the one who likes to bend the rules. Um uh or I don't know, actually we we take turns. We take turns doing that. So but uh, uh but anyway, so these are so I'm going to bend the rules and uh these are three sides that kind of they would change but the way I was thinking about it was any any pizza sides. Okay. So we're talking about things that can be really good. Uh, you know, you're talking about something like mozzarella sticks and something like garlic bread or even a side salad or even like a side Caesar salad or something. All of these things are good on their own. They can be excellent on their own. They're good. But to me, give me the fucking pizza. I don't care. I don't care about that shit. I love mozzarella sticks. I'll eat the shit out of them. They're great. But Get, at the end of the day, give me the pizza. That's what I'm there for. That's what I want. But those other things are there and it's fine. And that's why as sidekicks, those mozzarella sticks, garlic bread and side Caesar salad are Crosby, Stills and Nash because they're all good. They're fine. They have some, uh, all of them have some solo stuff and Crosby, Stills and Nash together. There's some good stuff. Great stuff. Cool. Awesome. Good for you, David Crosby, Graham Nash. That one Graham Nash record, great. I've had some great mozzarella sticks <laughs> in my life, but give me the fucking pizza that is Neil Young. Give me Neil Young and Crosby, Sills, and Nash. You can go over there with your side salad. <laughs> so, yeah. You're basically saying like sweet Judy Blue Eyes. You're like, no, no, no. That's fucking before the real guy got in it. I mean, they're good. They're fine. And like I said, mozzarella sticks, I love them. They're great. But like. That take is incredible. Give me Neil the pizza. That take is incredible because you're like, no, 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 no. You guys played a Woodstock. Who gives a fuck? Neil Young wasn't in the band yet. Love it. Love that take. Also, nickname of Neil Young, Shaky. There's a pizza restaurant called Shaky's. <laughs> there we go. So even bring it more full circle. George, what? Uh, let's let's get it. This is your last one, right? My last one here. Let's round it out here. All right. So, this is a controversial choice. Uh, I try to, to 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 be provocative with my answers for things because I want to challenge the audience about certain things. And uh, this side item, is it a snack? Is it a side item? It's really up to you. But for me. It's a side item, and that's potato chips. I'm from the Mid-Atlantic. I love Uts. Uh, shout out to the, the crab flavor. Unbelievable. Even the original, big fan. They're, even the, the ridges. The whole thing. Their whole discography of potato chips I'm into. But here's the thing. Is if you order like a, like a nice deli sandwich, you need those potato chips. You can, they, they work together. I'm like, you know what? This is fun with these two things together. And that's what I'm talking about when I talk about my next sidekick. And my sidekick is Jerome Benton. Now, who is Jerome Benton? Jerome Benton is the backup dancer to Morris Day in the Time. Now, he's not just a backup dancer. He's just 
He's he's more than that. He's also the dude that holds up the mirror to Morris Day as Morris Day is doing his hair when Jungle Love is being played. And I need Jerome Benton in my life. I want that with my fucking sandwich, Morris Day in the Times. So Jerome Benton, he is the potato chips of side items. Dave. Uh, that's incredible. <laughs> uh, the people that know about Jerome Benton just uh, doubled after listening to that <laughs> because uh, leave it to uh, you, to uh, our good friend, to uh, bring out more a backup for Morris Day. <laughs> Absolutely. He's the, he's the man. That's incredible. Morris Day in the Times dancer slash mirror holder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, oh, we, yo. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to Jungle Love later. <laughs> oh my god all right i'm gonna go ahead and finish this out here and the side dish that i'm gonna talk about something we talked about before we talked about this in the holiday episode but i'm going to give it a second here and that's cornbread and like like i said we've we've uh, espoused the virtues of cornbread before but cornbread is great it's one of those things that it's sometimes it's a throw in but it could be the best thing on the table uh, it's also not something that you net you don't like in my opinion, you don't want to build the meal around cornbread. You know what I mean? It is a side in the true sense of the word, but like you still gotta do it right. Cause when it's bad and it's chalky and dry, like you're just doing a great disservice to everyone <laughs> because it is great. Uh, you know, and and if you want to fancy it up and you want to put like do make a cheddar jalapeno cornbread or whatever all good, all delicious. It can, again, it's a thing that's versatile. Uh, you can fucking make an egg sandwich out of it. You can do all sorts of crazy shit. Um, so I wanted to compare it to a player who, a, a an NBA player who I have a great affinity for and somebody who just retired and I want to give him his due. Uh, and it's someone who, when he's on point, you might not even notice him because he's he does all the little things. He he really makes his team better, and that is former Chicago Bull, the very newly retired Joakim Noah, Joakim Noah, who was drafted number ninth out of Florida after winning consecutive national championships, and he wasn't the star player. He didn't go top, and when he was drafted by the Bulls, myself and many Chicago fans were like, "Fuck this dude." I don't want this dude, the fucking hair, the suit, the bow tie, (laughs) like get this clown out of here, whatever. It only took like a month of watching this guy play to be like, he's one of my favorite players because he, he just busted his ass. He did everything necessary. He was one of the great sidekicks. I mean, it's a damn shame. We've talked about it before, but that, that team uh, had the injury problems it had with Derek Rose and with Joakim as well. Uh, Joakim won defensive player of the year that, that year, by the way. Uh, so this is no slouch, but I think one of the things that gets underappreciated about him a lot is his passing. His passing was incredible. He was, you know, we're seeing that a lot now with like the Jokic's of the world of, uh, these big men who can pass, who can handle the ball. And I think he was like a couple years ahead of his time and doesn't get a lot of credit for that, but he was awesome. I mean, Thibodeau used to put him at the top of the key and you'd run the offense through him. And he just always made the right decision. And that's why Joakim Noah, again, respects to a great career, is cornbread of my side items. And we're going to ask Mary Bess now what uh, her take is on all this side item, side dish, side kick nonsense. Mary Bess, take it away. 
All right. I'm here for the side bar, gentlemen. So I've got three that I want to offer up today for the sidekicks and side dishes. So my first side dish is a sweet potato casserole <laughs> with marshmallows and pecans. It's a classic in the Ledbetter Pritchett family. We make it pretty much every holiday. It's a classic comfort food that is sweet and hearty, but it's also a little nutty. And because of that, it is one of my personal favorite sidekicks of all time, Ethel Mertz of I Love Lucy, played by Vivian Nance. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's a show I grew up on. It's a show that brings me joy, brings me comfort. And Ethel Mertz is just one of my all-time favorites. So the next side dish is empanadas. And I actually thought about Mexican-style corn as well, uh, but landed on empanadas because who doesn't love them? Um, introduced by Spanish settlers, they are crisp, hot, delicious, and I can't get enough of them. And that is why my empanadas are Inigo Montoya, played by Mandy Patinkin in The Princess Bride. Let's all say it together. My name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> Come on, guys. I know you know yeah. it. You kill my, my father. Prepare to die. To die. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's the best. Oh, oh, love it. Love, love him. Uh, met Mandy Patinkin when I was 12 years old at a concert at the Orpheum in Memphis. My mother took me to the nicest man in the world. Nicest man in the world. Came out into the lobby and signed autographs for hours, hours, hundreds of people who just wanted to meet him. And he was absolutely lovely. Uh, so sending sending him all the best as a Neo Montoya. Um, and then my final choice is slightly controversial because it could be considered an appetizer. It could be considered a dessert, depending on who you are. And this is a, a multi-prong uh, dish as well. So I too am going <laughs> to bend the rules a little bit. We're all cheaters mm -hmm. here. That's fine. Um, and that is... Hollerhocker cheese, which is a, a lovely, lovely cheese, uh, along with Jan's cranberry and pistachio crackers. And uh, it's my favorite cheese, favorite cheese of all time. It's nutty, smooth, and a little funky, uh, paired with my favorite crackers, which are savory and sweet with just the right amount of zip. It's a lovely combination. Some of my favorite things that makes me endlessly happy. Because of that, this side item is my dream man, Phil Ducky Dale, played by John Cryer, Pretty in Pink. I'll, I'll take Ducky over Blaine any day. <laughs> any day. Give me, give me Ducky. I'm currently taking applications, uh, reviewing applications for my own personal Ducky. So <laughs> Hollerhocker cheese and Jan's cranberry and pistachio crackers are my Ducky of the side dish world as they compare to our lovely sidekicks. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me fly. That was wonderful. Absolutely, Mary Best. Is, uh, it's, <laughs> I loved your taking application for Ducky. Did they have to listen to Otis Redding, or is that just like just a thing that the, oh, yeah. they have to? Okay, oh, just making sure. <laughs> I mean, without a doubt, that goes without saying. Uh, that, that is part of the application process, is being able to both dance and lip sync to uh, have a little tender, or try a little tenderness by Otis Redding. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go to that side. I mean, why would you even ask? Why I just want to make sure. Right? Some people are like, they'll leave some things out. It's like, does he have to wear the hat? I was like, yes, he's got to wear the hat. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Good to know. Love Good it. to know. 
just putting this together last night, I was sitting in front of the computer. Just, I, I felt myself light up inside. It was like, oh, <laughs> oh, this makes me so happy. Oh, it's, oh, it's just lovely. Um, not, you know, just an absolutely wonderful character. And I, I happen to think that John Cryer is perfect in it. So there you go. Lisa Mary Bess, everyone. Nice. Off the top rope. <laughs> Rim shot. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think uh, I think we did it. Side dishes to sidekicks. You heard it here. Um, yeah, George. I feel good. I feel good about that. Yeah, it was like it was a lot of fun working on that. That was like ended up being uh, more fun than I than I anticipated. Anytime that I get to talk about matches and gravy and Al Cowlings, I'm just in hog heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my brain was like, uh, I wrote a bunch of side kicks down and then kind of try to like, you know, point, draw, draw arrows and stuff to, to get where, uh, but to get where I landed, but I definitely crossed a few out. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up the show with our last segment, uh, last call where we uh, discuss some things we're looking forward to for the next week, some things uh, we're looking out for till our next show. George, what, uh, what are you looking forward to? What are you looking for? Two things. Uh, it's, I know it came out yesterday, and that, and I've mentioned it already before on the podcast, and that is the uh, Notorious B.I.G. documentary, which is uh, going to be airing on Netflix. Looking forward to watching that. And In particular, I have, there's this one scene that I may have heard about not really sure if it's in the movie, but they talked about it on another podcast I listened to. Shout out to that podcast, Ryan Rosillo's podcast, in which they had a director and Notorious uh, uh, B.I.G.'s uh, former manager. And apparently, I think there's a scene, or I don't know if it made it, but I definitely want to see it. There's a scene in which Biggie freestyles over uh, Africa by uh, by Toto, and I'm just there for that. I just want to see all of that. I'm hoping that it makes in the film. So uh, shout out to that. And the other thing that I'm looking forward to is I got a new book. Um, uh, I started reading uh, this week. I'm going to shout this writer out. Uh, her name is Grace Elizabeth Hale. And she wrote the book Cool Town. Um, and Cool Town is about the Athens music scene, uh, in particular the late 70s and uh, all of the 80s. And two of my favorite bands are from that scene. That is the B-52s and the aforementioned R.E.M. So uh, I'm looking forward to reading that. So shout out to to Grace Elizabeth Hale, I'm reading your book right now, and I'm enjoying what I've read so far. Dave, what is your last call things? What are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, just a couple of quick things. I just received this in the mail that I'm looking forward to getting into. I actually uh, was uh, alerted to this from the Soft Power newsletter that I have been getting, um, and it's a new quarterly food magazine called for the culture and i'm looking forward to getting getting into it and their like mission statement logline for it is a magazine celebrating black women and femmes and food and wine and it's like all these profiles of like different black women chefs and sommeliers and like people in the industry uh, it looks really cool looks really interesting for the culture um it's a very beautiful well done magazine like i said quarterly and this is the very first issue uh, the only other thing I'm looking forward to something we've mentioned before, I'll only briefly mention it, but I know that you and I both are giddy little school children about it. And, uh, that's coming to America, which comes out today when you're listening to this Friday. And, uh, you know, regardless, I'll just say George, like 
to you, George, like, I don't even care if it's good. You know what I mean? Like I could care less. Like I, I kind of don't even expect it to be good. I mean, whatever, but like, I don't care. I'm just happy to see Akeem. Simi. Like, I'm just happy. I'm- I just want there to be some reference to one of my favorite scenes in the history of movies. When the Reverend introduces uh sexual chocolate and he goes, y'all know him as Joe, the policeman from the what's going on episode of that's my mama. That just gets me. Every fucking time. It's so stupid. <laughs> you know, what I was uh, looking at today, apparently Eddie Murphy was on, I think, like Good Morning America or something, and he was talking to Al Roker, and they were talking about, I don't know if you saw this, about Louis Anderson, and they were like, the only reason that Louis Anderson is in the movie is because the studio was like, we need a white person. <laughs> and they were like, fuck, we, they, they won't make this movie without a white person in it. And they were like, who's the cool, the coolest, funniest white dude we can find? And it was Louis Anderson. <laughs> and they found him and he's in the he's in the sequel. And that scene is hysterical. Well, I mean, like I, I'm sure they're friends from the world of stand-up. They are. So. They, are. They, they knew yeah. they were friends with him and they knew they could work with him. They knew that he was funny. And they were like, I mean, because his that character was not written. That character's name is Maurice. They didn't change the name. Oh, of, really? Yeah, they didn't change the name of the character. <laughs> um, and uh, that's when the big bucks start rolling in. You get to manage, you get bumped up and yeah that that little piece is great uh but yeah i'm definitely i'm excited for it what about the uh the cab driver body by jake he has the line in which says you dumb fuck what does dumb fuck mean um by the way if you uh were wondering if i can quote this movie from beginning to end and uh, the answer is yes uh, i can quote this movie from beginning to end i can say it backwards if we have to um uh there's no need for that i forgot that's coming out this weekend no i didn't <laughs> no i didn't <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say i was like what the fuck there's no way like no 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 directed by craig brewer no yeah. i'm fucking watching that <laughs> my favorite i'm only gonna do one quote from the movie because it's my favorite thing it's like the first thing he does when he gets to new york and he goes into his shithole apartment and he goes out on the, the the fire escape and he's like my people new yorkers i love you and and somebody is hanging out a window on the street and is like fuck you and he's like fuck you yes. too yes fuck you too <laughs> oh so good all right so we're now going to go and check in with producer mary bess for the buzz what uh what's going on mary bess thanks dave so um we talked uh, about this a little earlier talking about restaurants talking about reopenings talking about you know what the last year has been like for restaurants bars venues in new york um restaurants and bars across the country are struggling and many haven't made it as brooklyn's pine box rock shop owner heather rush says in a recent video on the instagram account good morning cuomo quote for a lot of new yorkers they came here and had to create their own family and this industry is that family's home end quote these communities are suffering and New York state officials like Governor Cuomo haven't done enough to offer support to the thousands upon thousands of essential food service workers having to shutter their doors or work in unsafe conditions without protection. And thankfully, restaurant food delivery and taxi workers are now eligible for the vaccine as a result of the public outcry to protect these people. Especially in a place like New York, the food bar and venue scene sustains us in such a big way. Uh, particularly those of us in the comedy and live performance world. So it's really important to give back whenever and however we can and to speak up for the rights of all New Yorkers 
and all people, frankly, across the country, uh, to live and work safely. So ways that you can help are to order takeout directly from restaurants rather than through third-party delivery services. So the restaurant benefits from your whole dollar. Buy gift cards. If the business offers merchandise, consider purchasing some of it. Uh, my friend Hope Marawa will appreciate this tip and tip well, uh, especially if you're dining in person in these coming months. Check to see if a restaurant, bar, or venue you love has an online fundraising platform and give if you can. There are many restaurants offering care packages right now so that you can both support the business uh, and help feed those suffering from food insecurity, which is a wonderful thing. Um, and finally, share their promotions, events, and presence on your social media platform. It is a small way to circulate interest and engagement for these businesses, and it's something anyone can do without spending a single cent. Thank you very much, Mary Bess. Well said. Shout out to Pine Box Rock Shop. I love that bar. Shout out to Heather. Totally. And uh, yeah, I just would say also with the gift card thing uh, for people, like buy them and save them. You know what I mean? Because like save them until the place comes back like more whole because it's like the benefit that the restaurant gets from those gift cards is like, because it's just, it's just money up front, you know, and then they, they'll pay it back with food later. And so like the longer you can hold out, if you are someone who can, um, you know, you, you, uh, you do that, get that gift card and hold on to it. But uh, also I just want to say, if you are not, if you're going out in any capacity and you are not tipping like exorbitantly you're doing it wrong and we can't be friends. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I, uh, tip, tip extremely well. That's going to do it for last call. All right, George, why don't you, uh, tell us what we got going on next week? Give the people something to be excited about. Uh, thank you, Dave. Next week, we've got one of my old friends in comedy. We've got a comedian and writer, podcaster liz mealy and she's got a new book coming out called why cats are assholes and liz the daughter of two veterinarians like next week we're going to play a little game called pets and candy uh kind of like the marcy playground song sex and candy even though i saw them in concert in 1997 it wasn't either one of those things it wasn't sexy or <laughs> there wasn't any candy i was actually more a fan of the song saint joe's uh, which is a better song on that record. little 1997 deep dive by your good friend, George Gordon. Anyway. Um, you uh, have that on CD. <laughs> Marcy's Playground, shout out. Um, uh, anyway, Dave, anything else? Stevia stares in my direction. Um, I think uh, that's going to do it for us for another week at Know Your Roles. I want to say thank you, of course, to the wonderful George Gordon. I want to say thank you to our producer, Mary Bess. Thank you for Antac Kid, Nate88, and Kazo Oslo for doing our incredible KYR theme. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. It really means a lot to us and helps us out. Please tell your friends. That is how podcasts spread by word of mouth and everybody please stay safe and healthy and of course my usual send out that i have every week and i will continue to have every week as long as there's a worldwide pandemic going on and that is wear your mask or mask over your fucking nose thank you and good night we're out